Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. Today is Friday the 13th, January 13th. We have a great show for you today. Kevin is back in the hot seat. Hello, everybody. We have Biden potentially mishandling at least three batches of classified documents. The fallout from Brazil's protest. Kevin McCarthy's first House floor vote and more. Let's get into it. How's your day going? My day is okay. How was uh, how was celebrating January sixth with your uh, your fellow uh, freedom fighters? It was fun. I actually I went down to Brazil and I kind of showed them how it was done. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> they need to learn, bro. <laughs> they learned well. They need to learn. Um. All right, let's get into it. We have um, we have a little new segment on the show. Barstool has the rundown. We have the run up. You done up. Um, I actually think more about the office when. Oh yeah, can I get a quick rundown? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get a quick run up? Uh, what exactly is a run up? Um, He's gonna show you. Yeah, we're just gonna take a quick little peek at a few stories that kind of happened today that we didn't have time to fully delve into, but that might be important for uh, anyone that's gonna hit a voting voting booth in the coming days. Um, what am I looking for here? Oh, the yeah. run up. Uh, right, so Congressman Katie Porter, uh, fresh off her Do I Look Like I Could Give a Fuck stunt on the House floor, uh, announces that she's running for California Senate. She's a representative from California right now. She's someone to keep her eye on. And on his way out is Ben Sass, who's maybe one of the last few true conservatives left in the Senate, uh, was from Nebraska. He's now leaving to become the president of the University of Florida. Um, and he will be replaced by Pete Ricketts. Um, the Idaho murder suspect, Brian Kohlberger, was arraigned in Moscow this week and declined to push for a what they call a speedy trial, an expedited trial. So he his trial is going to start in June, take place, and it's going to drag out. Uh, it's going to be a, a national TV affair. Uh, and then Kevin McCarthy successfully pushes through his first... Uh, rules package on the floor um people didn't think he was going to be able to set legislation and mission accomplished so far first time through we're, we're gonna keep an eye on that so that's just a few things i wanted to run down get 
get at the top, and then uh, we're going to get into Biden. Byron. Before we do that, can I just touch on Koberger really quick? Sure. Um, so you said he declined, what was it called? Um, a speedy trial. Right. His so right, his right to a speedy trial. He went to school at like Washington State or something like that. Yeah. Well, he was. Um, I think he was in grad school there. He's getting his PhD there. Right. Whatever he was going to school for, um, he knows a lot about like the legal system and everything. And some people are saying that like, oh, he did that because like he has some sort of like plan. I think he did all of this to. Um, and I mean, this is as far as we're gonna go on this, but I think he yeah, did all this want, to. Um, just see if he could get away with it. You think he murdered people just to see if he could get away with it? Yeah. I think he's just a psychopath. Which would, you know, a psychopath might murder people just to see if they could get away with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I, don't, I, I haven't been keeping up too much with this, it's, this guy. It's weird shit, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So, Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> somewhat ironically, after uh, bashing Trump for similarly mishandling classified documents... Joe Biden is now in the news. We're going to go through the timeline a little bit here. So this is according to Merrick Garland to, Well, on Thursday. So yesterday, today for us right now, recording on the 12th, um, uh, announced that he was appointing a special prosecutor to probe the Biden classified documents. Um, and he, Garland basically walked us through the timeline. So November 2nd, Biden's team finds classified documents in the Penn Biden Center for Global... Wait, December 2nd or November 2nd? November 2nd. Mm -hmm. Did I say December? I think you might have said December. Oops. Um, the Penn Biden Center for... The Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, mm -hmm. um, which was basically a satellite office. is It's in conjunction with the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn, mm -hmm. which is just happens to be Trump's alma mater, by the way. Is that right? Yes, he oh. went to Wharton. Business School at University of Pennsylvania. Um, the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement was a place where when the Obama-Trump transition was happening, Biden moved a lot of files there. So between like 2017 and 2019, that was sort of home base before he announced his run for president for 2020. Um, and his own lawyers found stuff there and contacted the National Archives who then contacted the DOJ, the Department of Justice. On the evening of November 4th, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, located in Washington, D.C. That office was not authorized for storage of classified documents. The prosecutor was also advised that those documents had been secured in an archives facility. So November 2nd, Biden's team finds these documents in the Penn Center, which is in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. uh, alerts the White House lawyers, who alert the National Archives, who then the morning of November 3rd came and got the, the documents, the classified documents, secured them, and then contacted the DOJ on November 4th. So November 4th is when the DOJ first gets alerted to uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland. Here's it from the National Archives. Ten days later on November 14th, Garland appoints a uh, U.S. attorney, uh, John Lausch, 
to investigate to determine if a special prosecutor is necessary. On November 14th, pursuant to section 600.2b of the special counsel regulations, I assigned U.S. Attorney Lausch to conduct an initial investigation to inform my decision whether to appoint a special counsel. So we don't, this is, that's on November 14th. Fast forward to uh, December 20th, uh, Biden tells Lausch that, and the AG that his team found more documents in his garage next to his Corvette. <laughs> that's on December 20th. We, the American people, don't hear anything about it until January 9th. That was three, four days ago now. And when did we vote on midterms? Well, yeah, I'm getting to that. CBS News broke in with a report about 10 documents found at the Penn Center. That's, that is what this initial report said. And it, the initial report outlined the timeline I, I just spoke to you about in terms of just the Penn Global, just the 10 documents found in the Washington, D.C. Then yesterday, on the 11th, is when more reports, a flood of reports come out about a second and possibly a third batch of classified documents. What we know right now is that Biden's lawyers on the 20th, right? Yeah, the 20th is when they told the AG that they found the second batch in his Wilmington home in his garage. On December 20th, President Biden's personal counsel informed Mr. Lausch that additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. And then somewhere along the line, we also found out there was a one single document outside of that batch of, I think they said it was about 15 boxes total between the two locations. There was one single document also in his library. That's what we know. Um, you are 100% correct that the DOJ knew about this before, and I have to assume the FBI then knew about these documents before, while Biden was trashing Trump about mishandling classified documents right before midterm election, where the Republicans did not nearly as well as they're projected to do in the House and in the Senate. And I think that makes people ask, it, was this politically motivated, right? Is that what you're getting at? Well, I just feel like it's the biggest thing to take out of all of it, really. I mean, this – so when it happened to Trump, I mean, and it, it's definitely like different circumstances. You For know? sure. There's um, some key differences, and we're going to go through them in a second. But like it blows up. They find anything about that guy, it just fucking blows up. And then this gets – not like swept under the rug, but like I, I didn't know about it until I don't today. Right. Till till I walked in your room. Right. Um everybody just voted, you know, big vote, the gubernatorial, right? Well, you mid the midterm, so there's a lot, you know, there's for, for governors right and gubernatorial is governor, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I learned a word. Um <laughs> yeah. anyway. Uh we all voted and like you said, it it was projected red, came out blue. Well, yeah, the, the Senate was going to be a toss up, but the they took the House with a far slimmer majority than they were supposed to. The Republicans, and some of that could be uh, attributed to the uh, decision that leaked from the Supreme Court about abortion. But um, for sure, I mean, and 
the Hunter Biden laptop story again, you know, happened and was widely discredited right before the 2020 presidential election. Like we're we're kind of noticing a pattern here. Um, but I don't want to go so far as to say that it is completely politically motivated, especially considering how long the DOJ knew about the Trump documents. The DOJ knew about Trump stuff for over a year before they appointed anyone to um I didn't know that. Now yeah. that now it doesn't really matter what I said so much. No, it still does. I mean, it's certainly well, yeah, concerning. I mean, I guess it does in terms of like, um, or I guess just in the way that I was thinking about it, because I was like, why are they just like helping the Democrats in a way? Um, when? Oh, like by not? Yeah, by not well, you know, I, saying anything and not like bringing it out. And yeah, I, I bet a lot, you know, I bet that day would look a lot different if, you know, everybody did know that beforehand. Right. Um, well, the the thing is, I don't know if that's for better or worse, but you know, at best, at best for Biden, this is like a pretty decent sized fuck up politically, optically to be the guy who's, uh, two months ago saying like, I can't believe how poorly Trump mishandled these documents while knowing he was saying that about Trump while he already knew that his team was, uh, found classified documents he was not supposed to have. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself, looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. And you don't know what was in those documents? I have not asked for the specifics of those documents because I don't want to get myself in the middle of whether or not the Justice Department should move or not move on certain actions they can take. I, I've agreed I would not tell them what to do and not, in fact, engage in telling them how to prosecute or not. Like there's a chain of command. There's something called, I forget what this statute is called, like the presidential, I don't know, some sort of bullshit like that. That's what I was going to bring it back to as well, like his comments about when they found Trump's documents and everything. Because, I mean, it's one of those quotes, one of those videos that just hasn't aged well, you know? Yeah. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me uh, – I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week. People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway. It's in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. So, you know, he's keeping documents next to his Corvette where his where Hunter has that address listed as his address. Like, what were you look? You said something before about... Um, Hunter definitely lived there. Like, yeah, I just saw I saw a funny tweet, and um, so Hunter Biden's address on his license is registered to the same address where they found those documents, right in Wilmington. And just the funny tweet was that this actually makes me really seem like uh, I feel like I'm like standing up for Trump, but I I really don't like Trump. I just I don't know. Do it. I guess I just don't like when anything goes wrong, but um. Stand up for the great Trump leader. at least had it in a secure location with Secret Service and uh, this is you true know, protection. And, Not in an uh, old man's garage. 
Next to his Corvette. With a drug addict. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. Certain things to be said, but you don't hear them. Yeah. So, Biden says people know I take classified documents and classified information seriously. It doesn't appear to be so. I mean, it certainly leads people to ask questions like why, you know, and there's a lot of question marks surrounding Hunter Biden's uh, job that he got in Ukraine for a, a... Burisma, like a natural gas company, which he has no qualifications for, sixty thousand making sixty seven eighty thousand dollars a year. His ties with China, the deals he's doing, kicking fifty percent up top back to the big guy. Like honestly, that salary is very low. I thought it would be a lot higher than that. I don't. I know, know that doesn't really matter I, in the grand yeah, scheme. Yeah. But I mean, to sit on a board and not do any work just to get free money. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You're right. Uh, there is definitely some question marks about having like whoever. I mean. This is the same. We were talking about the Steele dossier earlier. Like, this is the same type of uh, shady bullshit that they're accusing Trump of. And again, like, we're, we're not Trump guys. I don't like having to be in the position for standing up for Trump. But that's not what it is. It's standing up for the principle of, like, holding people accountable to the same degree. Because we want to talk about hypo- hypocrisy. You can take everybody who defended Trump when those documents were leaked about, oh, uh, the president can declassify anything he wants and this and that. I'm sure Rudy Giuliani is... it's. Fucking one in the morning right now, and I'm sure Rudy Giuliani is telling somebody that, you know, even though what Biden and Trump did is basically the same, that Biden's was bad and Trump's is good. And I'm sure fucking Jim Acosta is out there telling Well, I was going to say Jim Acosta yeah. is probably like the best example that I have here. Like, if, if you want one. You can, you can, if you know what team somebody's on, you know exactly how they feel about this. Ready? We're, we're going to pop, 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 you know, a couple, yeah. a couple yeah, tweets yeah, yeah. up there. <laughs> um, but he tweeted a whole bunch when, you know, all the Mar-a-Lago shit was happening with Trump. They raided Mar-a-Lago on my birthday. August eighth. August eighth, baby, wow. big day. Big a lot day. of people celebrate the insurrection. Is that Cap- Capricorn season. No, yeah. I'm a Leo. Okay. Wow, big Leo energy. Okay. Um, but all right. So anyway, that happened. That was a big deal. Everybody heard about that. Jim Acosta loved it. He was going. When Mar-a-Lago got raided. When Mar-a-Lago Which got is raided. also something like I part of what I'm not upset about, but like I want to point out, like Mar-a-Lago got raided in August after they already turned over a bunch of documents the first time. It got re-raided because they were like, We don't believe you that you gave us everything you had. And they took 33 boxes out of there. That was in August, and we he still hasn't been charged with anything. So That's true. I, it's it is I wish worth, I knew what it was. It is worth asking the question, why didn't Biden like once he once he found a second set of documents and was like, oh, I also have some stuff in another location. Shouldn't there have been some sort of like, all right, the FBI might have to step in and like at least do some sort of search of all these properties you have and see if you have anything else hidden anywhere. And they haven't done that. Nope. Everything so far that's been turned over has been on Biden's lawyer's own volition. Like they said they found the first. Well, they said they found the first batch. In a hold on, I have the quote here. Well, let me just say this. For, for right, Biden's I'm sorry, lawyer, I'm sorry. I have the quote here from Biden's lawyer. He said, uh, "The files were discovered when lawyers went pack. Uh, they were packing files housed in a locked closet to prepare to vacate offices at the Penn Biden Center. Mm-hmm. Like they just were like some in some locked closet. They were like, oh, there's boxes of files, and oh, there's like 15 classified documents in here. All right. Well, let's." You know, we're, we're talking about playing both sides of the coin. Let's play both sides of the coin. Like you said, they found all of Trump's documents. 
nothing has happened. You know, he hasn't been arrested or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. I don't even know if he would be arrested, you know, indicted. Yeah, he could be indicted. Um, How do we know it's not the same case for Biden? It might just, you know, be— Sure, they did just appoint a special prosecutor, which is a step, but— But could that just be, like, optics? Well, let's talk about the special prosecutor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert, great name. (laughs) Uh, Robert K. Herr, a former U.S. attorney from Maryland who served as a senior official in the Trump Justice Department. That's from Washington Post. I don't, like— they're saying senior official in the Trump Justice Department as if to say, like, oh, this is like a big Trump appointed guy. I mean, he's uh, I, I was looking at Zero Hedge before and they pointed me. Take a look at Bobby here, Bobby, her partner at Gibson and Dunn, Gibson and Dunn Law Firm. Um, where is it? They were talking about how he uh, was investigating a Clinton whistleblower, a Clinton, not investigating. He wrote a letter to the DOJ to keep a uh, a search warrant sealed that searched a Clinton Foundation whistleblower's house. Like they sent, uh, they basically raided it. Okay. And journalists wanted that information to be public. What allowed the judge to sign off on that warrant to raid this guy? Let me pull up the... Okay, wait, let me just make sure I'm following this. So, uh, this person wrote to the judge saying, I don't want this opened. Yeah, Robert Kaher requested that the justification of an FBI raid on a reportedly recognized Clinton Foundation whistleblower's home remain secret. So, the raid on this guy's home, he wanted it, he wants it to stay, and I believe it is still sealed. This is from the Daily Caller News Foundation here. What's in there? We don't know. Whatever's in the in what want what the journalists want unsealed is the reason why the Justice Department was allowed to raid this guy's house, even after he's a, a whistleblower accusing the Clinton Foundation of wrongdoing. Okay, I see, I see. Well, I'm trying to this whistleblower's name is Hmm. Dennis Kane from he, they raided his Union Bridge, Maryland home. Dennis Kane was an official with the Clinton Foundation and is a whistleblower saying, like, oh, they the money's not going where it's supposed to be going. And aren't whistleblowers supposed to have like some sort of protection? They are supposed to be recognized so that's what by makes the DOJ. This very like interesting because they were still able to go right. into this person's. So people are saying after he gave you everything he said he had, that's the thing is like whistle. Why why would someone come forward with the information, put themselves at risk, especially considering the reputation that people who go against Clinton have mm-hmm. of dying? That's that's true. Um, why would you hide something in addition that to be raided? You know what I mean? That you that the FBI would need to raid this guy's house. Like, what are you hiding from us? And then whatever information that allowed a judge to tell you you're allowed, you can get a warrant to fucking raid this guy's house. The American people aren't allowed to know what that is because according to her, Robert Herr, again, great name. Nuclear codes. Um, well, I don't know. It has <laughs> no, to do with the kidding. Clinton Foundation. So, so like the documents came possessed. 16 FBI agents raided Dennis Kane's Union Bridge, Maryland home on November 19th for six hours, even though Kane told them that he was a recognized whistleblower. And he handed classified documents over to the agents already. The documents Kane possessed reportedly show that the federal officials failed to investigate potential criminal activity regarding former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, and the Russian company that possessed Uranium One. 
Kane gave the documents to the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, who had a senior official from his office hand-deliver them to the House and Senate Intelligence Committee, according to Kane's lawyer. And so he was an former employee of an FBI contractor. He was not arrested in connection with the raid. But Heard did not address Kane's reported whistleblower status in his letter. And he said, releasing the raid's justification, this is her, would seriously jeopardize the integrity of the ongoing investigation. Making this type of information public while this investigation is ongoing could harm the government's ability to find additional relevant evidence, and it could guard against possible tampering of witness destruction of evidence and to maintain the ability of the grand jury to investigate this matter. And then he said, unsealing would expose details of the government's investigation and impact the government's ability to secure charges in this matter. Charges against who? It just sounds like a whole bunch of bullshit just saying, like, we're going to give you all this these reasons that hold no weight. We can't open it. That's it. And sit down and shut the fuck up because... We're not opening it. Yeah. So, uh, you know... Speculate. I, what do you think it is? I, I couldn't even fucking begin to guess. I, I would just think that they did not like the fact that this guy came at somebody that's, like, in pa- like a powerful person like Clinton. Didn't like the fact that... I mean, as it said, he was he worked for an FBI contractor. So, that means he's not necessarily intelligence. Like, he may not have had any sort of clearance. He just maybe even got lucky that he's working for some fucking guy that was working for the FBI. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to me, it's more about sending a message. Like, you know, the, you know, the judge, like a don't fuck with us kind of message. Did you ever hear about the judge who was hearing the case? I believe it was against Deutsche Bank in their money laundering case Deutsche with Bank. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I don't think so. She was hearing a case that was involved. Deutsche Bank was being charged with helping Jeffrey Epstein launder money. Um, a FedEx driver pulled up to her house in the middle of the day and shot and killed her son and her husband. Yeah. A FedEx driver? Yeah. I mean, obviously he wasn't really a FedEx I driver. I know, but I mean, that's just fucking nuts. Might that, have been UPS, I don't know. You know. <laughs> Those brown guys? <laughs> They're wearing brown. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speculate wildly on what is in... I have no... Um, I'm not qualified to really speak on what would be in a sealed justification for raiding a. No, but I mean, it's always fun to just like. I mean, we're never gonna fucking know. I don't know. Or, or if we do know, I mean, I, it'll be at a point where it means nothing. That's definitely true. Yeah, and that's probably what will happen with these Biden documents, and it's it's probably why we're here. We're only hearing about it. CBS reported it on January 9th, two months, three months after the midterms, two months, three months after. These documents were found. So that is one, I think, key difference between uh, Trump's documents. There may have been more. I think apparently even after Biden, Trump handed over everything. And that's one thing that bothers me. And it's the reason I wanted to cover this story. Not because I think it's massively important that we know that our government officials are taking classified documents home. Although I do... I have some questions about how easy it is to do that and why nobody seems to know where the fuck they are, how Biden had to volunteer this information. Like, there's no legis- registry. Like, I fucking, if I check a book out of my library, and my I public you- library, they know that I have it, but you can take fucking nuclear codes home and someone will be like, wow, that's crazy. You had those? <laughs> and I asked you before, too, like, is it just common for fucking presidents to take home? It's not supposed to be, but I <laughs> bet you it is. 
Um, yeah, but right. My, exactly. My, the reason I wanted to cover this story is because I, I also wanted to cover the media hypocrisy of this probably wouldn't be such a big story if the corporate press didn't make a mountain out of a molehill when it came to Trump's uh, documents. The whole Mar-a-Lago thing. If the intelligence agencies didn't make that to be, hey, I know you said that you gave us everything, but we don't believe you, so we're going to send agents with subpoenas and search warrants and make a huge news story of this. Like, they have... The intelligence agencies, the guys who lead the intelligence agencies, Christopher Ray, like... They're smart enough to know every move they make is going to be scrutinized and... They're under a microscope. Yeah. So there's a reason why they did raid Mar-a-Lago and there's a reason why they didn't fucking raid Penn Biden Global Center for fucking money laundering and buying Hunter drugs. I feel like this this Biden thing is also, uh, you know, like we said, it's definitely a little bit different, different circumstances, you know? Yeah. And... I think it's in, I don't want to say infant stages, but it's early. Well, obviously, yeah. It's, you know, so. Three days of the special prosecutor just got named today, so. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We we can't say for certain, because also, you know, like I said before, oh, it might not be anything that bad. It, it could also be something really bad. And for all we know, we still don't all know, his shit could be getting raided tomorrow. We still don't know what the Trump documents even contain, so. But I think you did make a really good point. How long ago was that? How long ago was what? That they seized all that? Trump, that was Trump, August 8th. That was my birthday. Trump informed the National Archives, who is who Biden also first informed, in, I believe, December of 21. So over well over a year ago. And then they didn't raid his... The FBI didn't raid Mar-a-Lago until August. Hmm. So, I mean, by that timeline, when Biden informed them in November... So, we would be getting a raid in July if, if it's following <laughs> that pattern. Well, history repeats itself, right? Like a time is a flat circle, bro. That's funny. Um, I, is that all I had in that? There's, you know, I mean, people are. Well, I, I mean, let me. I do think the right wing is running a little too far with, um, like, like, oh wow, there's a third batch. Well, it's two batches where one batch is most of the things, and everything that is one document. In the other room is the third batch that they found in his library, yep. not next to his Corvette. But do you blame them for, like, blowing things out of proportion after— I, I don't blame them for, for, like— No, yeah, I do blame them for blowing things out of proportion because you can't be the, the party that whines about press freedom and then be silent when Elon Musk uh, shadow bans people reporting on Tesla AI crashes. You can't be the party that says it's fucking horrible and fascistic, fascistic— to demand people put vaccines in their body, but then not stand up and say it's also fucked up to not let women take abortion pills in Alabama. Like you, it's hypocrisy on both sides. I was going to say so. It's hypocritical. Aff. These right wing people, if they were really genuine, if they really cared that much about fucking document safety, then they would have said so. I mean, who's the one guy that did? Didn't Bill Crystal slam Trump pretty hard? Um. Oh man, I w- I didn't. I don't think I sent you one of your things. No, he always slams Trump. Right. The only people that that do. Uh, well, he slammed Trump. He well, he slams him about everything, but he definitely slammed about the Mar-a-Lago thing. But the interesting was like, he was very light on, on Biden. Biden. Like, yeah. Well, very very he's, light. He's a hack. He's basically uh, at this point in his career is now gets paid to be like the rational opposition voice for Democrats. Well, and they're like, oh, you're a Republican we can put up with because we agree on things like bombing Yemeni weddings and, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> sending money to Raytheon so they can fight a scam war in Ukraine. I don't know. I, I just, I figured these people wouldn't be so fucking blatant about it. At least maybe just throw. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's, that, I really, like, that would be my message to anyone who listens to this podcast is like, intellectually hold people accountable more and like not fucking politicians. Like, I don't expect people to call their congressmen, but like your friends that you see on Facebook or that you even talk to in life, like, when they start to spew bullshit at you that you can tell they clearly just picked up on cable news, like that they're doing no critical thinking of just my team one, like I challenge them. Be like, do you really give a fuck that much? Or are you just saying that because Tucker Carlson said it? But I think I think it's important the way that challenge is presented because if you come off as like standoffish right away, that person's going to stand off with you right I, away. I agree. So it, it needs to be constructed in a way that like is open for conversation. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, you have to be gentle when you're breaking cognitive dissonance. Without a doubt, especially something. I mean, politics is a very fragile topic. You know, yeah, for some people, less than others. Be. Like it's it shouldn't so, be. It should be a really rational. But discussion. that's what it is. I mean, it just it is what it is. So I don't think people come to the table with an open mind anymore either. And it makes it way harder, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just think going into it, understanding that will make it easier to actually have a constructive conversation. No, it's a really good point. Bill, um, I wrote about this a little earlier in the week because on January 8th, they had their own little January 6th, <laughs> and uh, they called them supporters of former President Jair Bolsonaro, Bolsonaritas, Bolsonaritos. That's what they were calling themselves? Bolsonaritos, yeah, I think so. I'm going to probably Bolsonaritos? butcher that, and my two Brazilian friends are going to yell at me. Little but, um, Bolsonaros? Basically, you know, something like that. It's, you know, his supporters. I think that's exactly what that translates to. Literally, yes, but yeah. I, I think it has more context than that in like a, Oh, okay. You know whatever um yeah so january 8th something i think is important for the context of this is people think that oh on january 8th everybody got mad and showed up to brasilia the capital of brazil and stormed everything no they had been protesting this election since it was building up lula uh his full name he's two lulas is like ignacio lula silvo well we covered her fuck i can i can i can no no her you're thinking of the peruvian governor because Oh, the, you're right. But I am thinking been, of there's been a lot of unrest in South America in recent days. Um, <laughs> but Lula is what everyone calls it. Luis Inacio Lula da Silva. Okay. Lula uh, won their country's election on the October 30th. Bolsonaro lost. Um, straight out of the Trump playbook, even leading up to the election, Bolsonaro was like, "They're gonna cheat all these electronic ballots." He tried to get the electronic ballots for Lula thrown out, mm -hmm. and his people, his supporters, had basically been rioting since that day, like protesting it in Brazilian, the capital, basically every day up until uh, January eighth when it happened. Um, so they they stormed first. They were led into their National Congress building, which is like where their their equivalent of the Senate is. And then they also ended up storming the presidential palace and the Supreme Court. Um, uh, this was Sunday, January 8th. There was like pretty much nobody, um, no lawmakers present, no one from, you know, it was a very... Everybody left. Yeah, nobody was. Even Lula, the president, who had just been sworn in. Lula was sworn in on January 1st. So this is his first week in office. He was in uh, Sao Paulo, which is like a different region. They were dealing with the storm. So he was doing like damage control there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when things went off, but I don't believe anyone was killed. I think like 
at the time they had reported over 200 were arrested. It's been a lot more. Are they still there now? No, no, no. Lula came back and like invoked special powers and was like, we're shutting this shit down. Okay. Um, but American media has been really um, loud and vocal about comparing it to our January 6th. And saying this is what happens. This is our, you know, people are like, oh, our, our chief export is now fascism. Like they're, you know, I, I wanted to point out that there are some key differences, uh, not only in the state of affairs in the individual countries, but also in terms of, you know, like I, I think January 6th in America was way worse than January 8th in Brazil. Like they had art, like for in terms of like, yes, you were both trying to overturn uh, an election like you had mobs doing that but i think the ones in brazil were more organic and less like stoked the fuel wasn't the fire wasn't fueled okay. by bolsonaro as much as trump's was mm -hmm. like trump on the day of was like down the street and was basically like you gotta go get mike pence like he's in there <laughs> and you gotta tell him and he's like whatever you gotta do with him there's a lot of arrows that but yeah, Bolsonaro people tore January sixth, whereas sure. January eighth. Bolsonaro was in Miami. Bolson well, I was gonna say I Bolsonaro heard he was in Florida. Fled to well, fl probably basically fled to Florida on December thirtieth, like two days a day before the inauguration, which is breaking tradition. They usually, you know, for the peaceful transfer of power, the former president's supposed to be there to hand it off, and the vice president actually like was acting president for the day before. Why? Why escaped? Well, I, that's my word. Okay. I mean, I, was I said say. I didn't say escape. I said fled. Oh, but, fled. Um, he did run, and maybe it's because he knew this. They had been protesting in his name for months, for seventy-one days leading up to January. But I'd figure uh, so. He that definitely makes started me... it. Like he definitely is with his rhetoric, and he asked. So how can we be so sure that nobody stoked the fire? Well, I'm not saying just to the degree that Trump did. Yeah, you're right. You're Bolsonaro right. Bolsonaro didn't tweet anything about it. Well, like, why run if everybody's in your favor? Well, maybe he just knows he's still fucked up. Not not everybody was in his favor, but a lot of people were. And I think that's actually a good point, though, is because I was in some Twitter spaces listening to some Brazilian reporters on the ground, and um, like they were like, "This is not necessarily all Bolsonarista, Bolsonaristos or whatever." Like some of these people are genuinely just fed up with like. The state of the economy, like the, I mean, inflation's hit every country really hard, but like, yeah, especially in South America, like they're, you know, there's bigger issues under, or not bigger issues, but there's other issues underlying, you know, what's on the surface. Right. I mean, listen, dude, I but Bolsonaro was a fucking, was a terrible like, net negative on the human race, like as a leader, mm -hmm. like he he sold the Amazon to corporations to be deforested and gutted, like something like. 30% of the Amazon, like, of what it was when he took over was gone. I'm just, left. I'm just like, uh, why flee when everybody's literally, like, rallying in your name, you know? I, again, I don't know if it's everybody. I mean, it's enough people that, like... Is it, so am I just interpreting that wrong? Is that, like, uh, is everybody storming the Capitol not doing it because they want him back, but just more they're so, upset with what the current, I guess, regime, for lack of a better word, is now? For, I mean, it's a little bit of both, I feel like. I feel like more... I feel it's like, a mix. I feel like for Trump, it was more... A lot of it was more cult of personality. The people that went... 
And also, to be fair, well, I, some I of the people that went definitely in... definitely agree with that. Like, I'm definitely not challenging that at all. I mean, like, that is... Dude, the one guy in the fucking Capitol had, like, the fucking thing with the horns. I don't even... Like, some hat with horns on it. I, the people inside the Capitol were fucking yeah, I'm insane. I'm pretty sure that guy's in jail now. Characters. Absolute characters. But, yeah. cult, More cultish. A lot of them also, though, were just dumbasses. <clears throat> Like, not even Were really, like, dumbasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like oh, shit, everybody's going through the window. I'm going to go through the window. But, like, imagine, like, going into, like, the speaker's office and not thinking you were going to be, like, detained and possibly... How like, many people do you think went in and didn't even, like, really understand the gravity of what they were doing? Did you see the one lady? The lady with, like, glasses? Who's, yeah, yeah. yeah that, like, that. blankest look in her face. That lady <laughs> might have had dementia. That, and was just like, what's going They're on? Like, Come on, lady. <laughs> we're going in. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some you know, some of those people, and some of them were fucking idiots, and apparently a lot of them were feds. Like, really? Like, yeah. Like inside kind like of thing? infiltrating these, like, and dude, sometimes, like, you hear these stories about, like, the, you know, the <laughs> the undercover cops buying drugs from the undercover cops, like, one was posing to be drug uh, drug dealers, and one was, like, a gang. I've never heard that. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. A few in times. undercover, I've never heard that. Yeah, they're literally like just like crossing lines by accident. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, how much of this stuff is just like, you know, the them, glitch in the them, matrix kind of them thing? fucking with each other and they don't even know it. <laughs> it's more of a glitch. I think it's a glitch. Yeah, it could be that too. Um, yeah, but I just want to finish up on this Brazil thing. We had, um, uh, I j- so Bolsonaro is in. Miami, the American media is saying, and American lawmakers, AOC, uh, Joaquin Castro, like the House Democrats, all signed off on a memo from Joaquin Castro, who's like, yeah, I think he ran for president, or maybe his twin brother did, I forget. Uh, they're from Texas though, and he was like, we need to revoke Bolsonaro's visa and send him back to Brazil. Where assumedly they like would want Lula's government to uh, persecute him, press charges, prosecute both. <laughs> uh, do they both mean the same thing? Uh, no, not necessarily. Prosecute right. is like a legal definition. Persecute okay, right. is just you can do that to anybody. <laughs> Persecuting you for drinking strange water. <laughs> regular water is just a strange bottle. <laughs> um. I, I dude had to, last week and this week. This has been the fucking derail podcast. We need to start recording earlier in the day, so I'm not losing my train of thought. It is pretty late. What time is it? Uh, it's four thirty in the morning. No, it's one oh seven. So Lula blamed the police for potentially purposely letting it happen. He was like, "You're either acting in bad faith or you're uh incompetent," and either way, like. You fucked up. You're either a dumbass or you're against me. Well, there's videos of them, like, basically letting people into the National Congress building. Um, and so this is this is one of the funniest things, is this guy, the he was, like, the you know, like, the governor of the, like, federal region. Um, like, you know, be, like, being the mayor of D.C., like, the fucking governor of Maryland. Like, mm-hmm. he tweeted that he... He fired the city's head of security that morning before that happened. Right before it happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, six hours later, he got fired. <laughs> no. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Federal District Governor I- Ibanez Rocha. 
that guy, the guy Anderson Torres, who was the security chief for I Brasilia, told you, dude, it's a glitch. I mean, like, he, he got fired, it seems like, for political reasons because he's a Bolsonaro guy. So he could have ordered his police to. This is now. Well, that's that. That was my first inclination. I was like, this guy was like an inside guy, just like you know, making shit happen for the other dude. And then they were like, ah, shit, like we got we got a problem. We got to get rid of this guy. I so I think I I can't remember the fucking names. I think the the Anderson Torres, the um, security chief, I believe he left around the same time as uh, Bolsonaro. So I think he's in Brazil with Bolsonaro. But he was fired by this guy, Ibanez Rocha, who then got fired later that day after he tweeted about firing Torres. <laughs> the dominoes fall. That's it, bro. Um, and, like, Lula basically came in, um, <laughs> enacted, like, sweeping powers. Uh, they're still, like, the capital is still kind of, like, on a lockdown well, I'm sure they're like, on, this is, like high alert right this now. This is from BBC. As the sun set in the capital, in the Brazilian capital city, Brasilia, on Wednesday, hundreds of police officers were on alert, riot shields and weapons at the ready. Overhead, low flying helicopters were hovering, with riflemen hanging from the doors, scanning for targets. Targets? Yeah. That's the potential crazy. threat three soft spoken protesters. All right, this is. This is getting too crazy for me. Three soft-spoken protesters. Elaborate. Uh, it's it's a very long article. I don't know if I'm going to get into this because we're... Oh, shit. So they have like a full-on police state in Brazil right now. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, when you told me like everything was all good, I was like, damn. The trio were the only sign of an expected rally from supporters of former President Yair Bolsonaro that failed to materialize. Yair is a cool name. Yair? Yeah. So apparently only three people showed up to this, according, three? To, according to the BBC. <laughs> oh, so the kid goes, I didn't expect a lot of people to come protest in Brasilia after what the government did. But I know in other cities there will be. Yeah, I mean the government cracked down hard. I definitely I saw some fucked up videos. Like some of the protesters were like trying to beat the shit out of a cop on a horse. But like, I'm sure the cops I'm sure were. It gets fucking wild. We're getting there. their licks in too. You know, I mean, I can't even fucking imagine. Earlier like, in the, the week, craziest the craziest day of like a New York protest. I feel like wouldn't sniff that a New York protest. I don't know, just like a, a big protest that happened in New York that ended up becoming like a riot when people just start throwing shit through the windows. I could be wrong. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever see that. Maybe uh, nobody's beating the shit out of a cop. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure the cops just fucking killed the guy. <laughs> no, yes, I don't. Or is it... I don't know. I I, I, I certainly get either. your point. I don't. Think, I don't know. Either. We've definitely never seen anything like that in New York. No. Well, there's no congress building in new york but yeah well that's true but so earlier in the week flyers and announcements spread on social media called on protesters to come to brasilia to retake power prompting a federal security intervention that saw military forces deployed to take charge of police and security duties in the city i wonder what that's like living in a police state yeah you don't remember covid no i'm kidding i was gonna say does that count no not 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 here it didn't some places, though. 
like, like Italy was like that. I think right off the bat. Yeah, I I feel like L.A. was pretty bad. Too. Did you did you see my story yesterday that I fucking got an email from uh haven't I've been uh oh yeah you're off Twitter you're off the gram. I, yeah I haven't had nothing. So dude, I got an email last night from uh this company that was uh I was gonna go play rugby in China, and teach uh English like that was gonna be the job and I just oh, you play, actually like, told me about that once. December 2019 is when I was gonna go. Oh okay, well that's... I'd be dead. I would I would one thousand percent be dead. That's true, dude. COVID over there, like if you got the OG strain, the one that literally escaped the You'd lab, be, or, or if you were alive, you as of like what like three weeks ago, you would have been in COVID lockdown. Yeah, well, that, COVID that's, zero. That's why I got the email from this company. They were like, "Hey, China's open again." Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, "Come back." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. so, are you considering? Yeah, I'm actually moving next week. <laughs> First and last. Yeah. They don't. They don't require a vaccine, so <laughs> they're like, "Fuck it, come on in, we fucking let's go." Ni hao, Kailan, motherfucker. Let's see what you got there, Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> I say, bring it, bro. I mean, no, that's that's. I think a, that's the only thing. I mean, that's some shit about travel, though. Like, you pick up different germs. Like, you go to the other side of the world. It's like, oh, my fucking European white ass has never experienced this like fucking Asian pathogen. That's like, true. I mean, we're not used to that shit. Yeah, I think it'd be good for you to get it as long as it doesn't kill you, like, especially while you're young and your immune system still. I think everything that bobbing is, around, throwing some white blood cells out there. Maybe not everything, but like most things that are bad for you, if you just take them in small doses, if you just take them in small doses, you know, you'll either get better at it. You'll grow immunity to it. Yeah, I mean, You'll... dude, I hardly even believe in good or bad. I think it is all just dosage. Everything in moderation, right? Apparently. I'm not good at that. Yeah, me neither. All right. I think we're wrapped up on Brasilia. I would just that's basically what's going down. Um Lula Lula has has the power. He has the new government. They are more left wing than Bolsonaro for sure, which I think is probably a good thing. It's a little more balanced, but I don't think he's very different. He was already a president before he was still, he was arrested on uh, corruption and then released subsequently. Uh, he was acquitted, but like, it's all a little wonky. I think he's still very like corporatist. Like, mm -hmm. I think it, I think he's going to be smart enough not to let people burn the Amazon down. Hopefully not to the degree that Bolsonaro did, but who knows? He's definitely, uh, he's, he put his foot down here in Brazil, in Brasilia. I don't know. I think everybody, uh, I haven't seen many people that, you know, when that dollar sign, that money bag gets waved in front of you, they say no and do yeah. the right thing. Yeah, know? we'll see. I think he'd be the first, but who knows? All right, that's all I got. You got anything? Um, not on not on balls. All right, thank you, folks. Uh, thank you for watching. That's the end of the show. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NextGenForward. Next Gen, the number four, W A R D. And check out our YouTube channel, Next Gen Forward. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, please subscribe, like, comment, help us get those algo numbers uppity, uppity, up. And uh, we will see you next week. Thank you. Good night.